Welcome, everyone, to Jewish History Soundbites. This is Yehudi Geber with another episode of Jewish History Soundbites. This is not just another episode. This is our 101st episode, and we have part two here of an interview with Rabbi Dr. Aaron Rakefen. And in this part two, we'll explore a little bit about the connection between Rav Salvechik and Rav Aaron Cutler, how Rav Salvechik helped Lakewood Yeshiva, his connection to Rav Schneer Cutler, um, some stories about Rav Moshe Feinstein and how Rav Kefet knew him, the, um, also about earlier Rabbeim in Yeshiva University like Rabbi Rucham Gorelik, a little bit about some personalities of Lakewood and Yeshiva University like even Moshe Hirsch and the Naturi Karta, we discuss all kinds of fascinating stories of the past, and we end, up, end off, of course, about the present and future state of the Jewish people, where he weighs in on that subject as well. So, this is going to be a great interview. Tune in, and I hope you enjoy. Here it is. <laughs> Both of those projects, initiatives, got off the ground because of the Gare River. The 11 Olympic team members slain in West Germany. The Olympic Games. So gereist waren die Brüder in Amerika. So tausend Schabes at the Skizar. Out of the 24 who were killed were Americans who had come to learn in Kevin. I say one million Jewish children who were made to become Musa. Whoever heard such beautiful words, It is never too little. It is never too late. And it is never enough. Jewish History Soundbites, bringing alive the world of our glorious past. Here is our host, live from Jerusalem, Jewish historian and tour guide, Yehuda Geber. You also are famous for being a very close Talmud of the Rav. The two, Rabaran and the Rav, had a connection. They, can you describe a little bit the, <coughs> the shaykh, the connection that they had I'll with each you. other? I'll tell you one story, which you probably heard from me if you're listening to my shayurim. But this story says it all. That uh, that the rubber Baron had different hashkaf is, is obvious. But the basic gestalt was one and the same. Now, there was a question came up, David Weingarten, who had Sharon tours. Castro was willing to let out some Jews... But the day he was letting them out was Yom Kippur. And David Weingarten calls the Rav. This goes back many years. You can figure out it's right after Castro came to power. And uh, he says, Rebbe, can we take them out on Yom Kippur? Pikuach Nefesh? And the Rav says, call me back in two hours. Okay? calls him back in two hours, and the Rav tells him, go ahead, take them out. It turned out that Castro didn't do this uh, viciously. It was simply a mistake. He was dealing with a secular calendar, 
And when the question was raised, he said, fine, let them leave a day or two later. Years later, David Weingarten meets the Rav at a wedding. This is written up, David Garten, in his memoir. It's online. And uh, he says, Rebbe, why did you tell me call you back in two hours? And the Rav said, Azar Shaila, Yom Kippur, Chilu Yom Kippur, I had to be Mitya Eitz with Rebbe Katla. So until I could get him, and I knew it would take a minute or so, he said, call me back in two hours. I think that answers your question. Uh, the Rav raised money for Lakewood. Uh, when Rabarin died, you can show, uh, I was about to say you could check this with Rav, Rav uh, Schneer, but uh, he's not alive many years already. To me, he's a living. I knew him very well. There was a Ben Bayit in his house, he and his wife. And, uh, and uh, he will confirm it. The Rav went to his Balabatim in Maria, and they kept Lakewood going until Reb Shneer could take over in the Balabatim. You see, Rebbein was a tragedy. The man, the Rav became the Rav in America. You understand what I'm saying? The, read Rakefet's work on the Rav, where the Rav describes his own life and why he loves the yeshiva. Rebbein was the Kletzkeresh yeshiva. In America, he lived off his tradition of the earlier period. He had a seven-year cycle. It's busy fundraising. Stories are legendary. Go to a balabas, get a $25 check. The balabatim with the shneer, they started to do tshuva. And as they say, the rest is history. You said you knew Reb Schneer. What does that mean? You weren't in Lakewood then. How did you? Have... Uh, no, when I was in Lakewood, he was there. He was Rebbein. He he was a very able, uh, 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 such a fine individual. Reb Schneer, just able, able, uh, very honest. That uh, we had discussions. He told me. I quote him word by word that we were very close. To our poem Mizrahi, he says, when I was in Israel with Rabbi Salman and my family, we were very close hashkafa wise. Again, it le- leaves open the question: What would have been had they been in Israel? Rabbi Schneer was involved with the klatsk of of his uh, yeah, uncle no, 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 uh, the establishment. Yeah. And and he said to me, I'm quoting: This is exactly we were very hashkafa, and the quote end quote. And he also, I don't know if you know this, but the disruptioner told me. Before my time in the Rav Shir, when when he, Rav Shneer said to me, when he came back from Yerushalayim, his tata told him, go and hear Shum from the Rav. And uh, I think it was a half year, a year, whatever, he sat in the Shir. So I asked him, was for an Einfall hat das gemacht? How did it impress you? And he told me that, oh, the Rav, it's something unique. He says, but the Talmudim, he said, the way they were dressed, they were a little bit flippant, in other words, he was used to, uh, I guess, from from the, the Yeshiva Shevelt, yet uh, I don't know how much he saw in Europe or what he saw in Israel. There was a different attitude. American kids are American kids. Uh, I, I don't think he would have been overly impressed with the kids at Chaim Berlin or Teir Vadas at that time, uh, to, to, to put it mildly. But uh, he, he, he was a very warm person, too. His wife, too, was... Uh, unique in that respect. It was a beautiful couple. And later in life, like everyone else, one child uh, studied here at the Gush, came back to his own family uh, to study, and never he buried his son, uh, 82. It was um, 
no, no, 82 was, I think, Rav Schneer died, um, because I remember I couldn't go to the funeral. I was in Lebanon. I was fighting uh, the war, uh, the first, Muhammad uh, Shlomo Galil, I have a war review for that. So I remember I couldn't go to the funeral. I was up in Lebanon. I was up on the, on the, the, on the Syrian, the, the, the road to Damascus. It was called the Syrian Damascus Road. That's my unit was stationed. I, but it hurts, you know, to bury a child is uh, not an easy matter. And they say that he never really totally recovered. Uh, they say the Rebison was a stronger person in that respect. She had gone through uh, difficulty in China, you know, during the war. The whole time they were separated, they were engaged. She was ill. She had typhus, yeah. Typhus. Rabashkenazi was responsible right. that the Shidduch should continue. Uh, these were wonderful, wonderful people. Um, and you see the children, uh, Ramalkiel, uh, there's a lot about him here in Israel, but you see his youngest son, uh, Rabaran, Aaron Cutler, a financial genius, look at Lakewood today, why are you struggling to keep afloat, and the Lakewood, Baruch Hashem, who would ever dream that, that the Rav today would have to ask Lakewood for help, not, <laughs> not, not vice versa. Right. You knew a lot of uh, famous people, big Rabbanim. Did you ever have a chance of meeting Ramesha Feinstein, having a connection with him? Of course. Oregon 71212. Uh, I, my my uh, Igor Moshe has all over what I spoke and learning with him. I knew Ramesha very well. Ramesha is a different story. Reb Meisha Aza It's hard to describe you. You totally fell at ease when you when you met Reb Meisha, uh, Reb Baran or the Rav. There was a certain goyness, ilishaft, uh, that uh, you knew right away you're approaching giants. Reb Meisha as as type. Here I'll tell you a very. Reb Meisha finds he was warmer than the Rav or Reb it's not just warmer. You could approach him and ask a shy lad. Women could call him and ask him, Zven sint min Shabbos lech this week. And he would give an answer. They loved him. They loved him. But my best story with Reb Meishan, this is 100% true. There was a Talmud of the Rav who grew up on the east side. Rabbi Erwin Albert, Roy Albert, Zeyfet Tzadik Levracha. His father was a chazan. Reb Meishin knew the family. He was orphaned at an early age. Roy, his mother died. And these were East Side people. They took care of each other. And uh, he had a, went into the Rabnitz, first Rabnitz, someplace in Jersey. He was going back 60 years at least. And uh, as a couple, he starts asking questions. They want to get married. He's chayshesh for mamzerit. Well, he doesn't know what to do. Young rabbi, he calls the rough in Boston. The Rebbitson says, uh, the rough is not in now. And, but Roy says, it's urgent. She says, I'll put you f- number one on the list of whom he has to call back. All right. An hour goes by. Two hours go by. He doesn't get called back. The wedding is tomorrow. He calls Reb Meisha. The Rebbitson answers the phone. And she says, Meisha, Meisha, lakuma ha. 
has an Alvid Zun Vilach, and with such love, and Reb Moshe gets on, how are you, and your wife, the children. They live in Beit Shemesh today, his two daughters, and his widow, Beit Shemesh, wonderful people. And uh, he asked Reb Moshe to Shaira. Reb Moshe says, Mein Zun, Nema Reisa, Shukhunarach Siman so and so, Nemakuk, Nemakuk done, Demafai, Demafai, he goes back and forth, tells him, No, Vastrachman, what do you think? We came in Paskinen. So, and Albert says, Ich denk man can make all sein. And Rabbi says, Mein Nen is echt, as man can make all sein. Right? So, fine. Two minutes later, the call comes from Boston, the Rav, the Rav calls. No, I heard you have a big problem. What's the problem? No, what do you think? And he starts quoting everything he had just studied. And the Rav says to him, Albert, ein zach kenach sagen. One thing I'll tell you, I am That's not your learning. You consulted with someone. That's that, 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 that Roy would always tell the story. But anyway, the rub was masking with Reb Moshe, and they were both made kill. Uh, that, that was Reb Moshe. I had difficult problems with Tarek Mishpacha, with Shivanikiyim, with doctors. Ah, oh, Moshe, I can tell you we danced for joy when the first volume of Igros Moshe appeared, late 50s, Orachayim. And I'll, I'll tell the truth. I'll tell the whole story, because until then I'll give in Shmuel says Rabbi Shikazer. But yes, having this in print, you can hold it. So I already knew the Rav well. It must have been my second, third, or fourth year with the Rav. And come in, I bring it. Rabbi, after class, after class, you know, he would sit back, and the the guys who uh, the wise guys walked out, but the guys who really held by learning wouldn't leave the room until they walked out with the rug. So we said, Rebbe, look, your cousin just put out uh, and we saw the rub was not too happy. So we said, Rebbe, well, what's bothering you? Ah, uh, he was very upset with Rav Moshe's psak with liquid soap. Rav Moshe said he held it with no lot and the rest and was meant us no lot and and then he's taking the but all right, that's postkim. I, uh, I I I have a chiva from Rav Moshe. There's a chiva to in, in the volume in your day to Aaron to Aaron Yitzchak Rotkov, and uh, that Shiloh with the I don't want to go into detail. It would take too long. But I had a good kid. I was a kid, you know, be make or pee. So I had a Shiloh with him. And says I came up with a solution. So I sh- I asked the Rav. The Rav was Mafalko back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Weeks later, no, I can't reach a conclusion. So I wrote the Rav I got it. I got the tshuva. I have it today until today. It's a Rav handwriting, and it's later published. And I bring it and I show it to the Rav. I wasn't convinced. <laughs> convince him. But Baruch Hashem. That's the beauty of Torah. That uh, you, you, a kid starts learning the first Meimataikonet Akriyitshma Shalavis. Right or wrong? The first Mishnah. How many different opinions do you have there? Right there, you have three opinions. So I said, that's life. That's the beauty. You can 
any anything I teach in the kolel right away, I have to deal with this opinion that or I say halakha this is what generally people do. But this is what makes learning so beautiful. It's a challenge that the Rub used to say. He couldn't understand how anyone with some intellect couldn't enjoy learning. It's the greatest experience in the world. He tells the story. I, I write this up in, one, in, in my work on the Rub. So the Rub would often have a story. You know, Chaim had a Talmud who went off the path, who wound up in Berlin, wound up a great professor of mathematics. He helped Einstein, world famous in his field. And the Rub went to visit him. Could be Rav Moshe told him, visits me. And the Rub walks in on him and he's learning Gemara. And he didn't know the Rub was coming. He's learning. So he told the Rub, he said, Ich ken sich nicht abreißen von dem There's a guy already so far gone, but I can't pull away from learning. I love it. There's intellect. All right. That leaves us with a big problem. How do we deal with the Jews who don't have intellect, who are not so, so <laughs> I have to, this is why Hasidus is so powerful. That, uh, Which is interesting because lately, you know, a few years ago, why you brought in Ramesha Weinberger. My Talmud. Oh, and, and, and in the Rav's time, I remember once I spoke to Rav Heshi Billet, he told me that he came from a Galicianer Belzer home, and the Rav made him into a Kalta Litvak. So in the Rav's time, it was a very Kalta Litvak type of place. And and then YU brought, brings in Ravisha Weinberger. There's a lot of interest in Hasidus today there. How would, how in your opinion, of course, would the Rav have seen this whole bringing in Hasidus to YU? And, and, uh, I think the Rav would have been 100% in favor. My own knowledge of Hasidus begins with the Rav, with Tanya, with Likutei Torah. You know the story, the Rav wanted to teach Likute Torah at the Yachi Kalor in the late 60s in Boston, and Menachem Ganak stopped him. And the Rav, I write it up, read, read the Washington, or not Washington, it's written up in the Rav. And, uh, the, the, and the, the Rav told him off, but he couldn't do it. He said, he doesn't have who to talk to. But uh, no, the Rav introduced us to Hasidus. And uh, I've studied the Rav's family well. Rav Chaim himself said, we're not, we're not that far away from Hasidus. Even Rav Velvo, who was a very, uh, I would use the word, uh, a, a very stringent personality, uh, okay? He also uh, had Talmudim, Hasidim, some of them went on to become Rebbeim, never rebuked them. No, no, there was, uh, there was not... Rebaran Lakewood is already anti-Hasidus, anti-Chabad. It's very strong. Um, reasons why, Pasha I mean, we can go into this. It's a lecture. It's lectures unto themselves. Are you allowed to take halachic terminology in the Gemara and dash in it in a Hasidic fashion? Yetzahara, uh, Kenegat Yetzahara, etc., by the way, the sixth Rebbe didn't uh, discover this. It's already an earlier Svarim. The, uh, the, the, I once showed in Shia that uh, there are precedents for that in Hasidus before. Today there's an entire book, uh, Yishai, uh, on, on Hasidus interpretations of Shas. And he bring, I mean, the most famous one of all, we just said, so you'll start to interpret it. When do we read Kriyat Shema at night? And the uh, Hasidic Rebbe got hysterical. That's the Pshat. 
me'ema u'miyira koronet ha'shma shalafek. No, are you allowed to do that? And uh, the Rav certainly had an openness and an understanding. And uh, this was a result of his years in Chaslavich. And uh, I know it better. By the way, in my new book, I have a whole piece on the Rav on the Seventh Rebbe in this very volume I gave you. And uh, I'm, uh, I mean, I, I was there. I'm in a Shemayim. I'm sitting with Rebbe when he's in Shiva for his mother. It was nine o'clock in the morning. No one else was in the house. I was there because I was already a Rebbe in the yeshiva and, I had it, and later I would give a shir, but I left my students uh, to learn Bechavrota. No one was in the house. There's a knock on the door. And uh, I write this up in Washington, I believe. Rabbi Jacobson and Rabbi Gordon come in. They tell the Rav, I remember word by word, uh, the Rav Fashtet, that's the Rebbe Gate, which that is from uh, 770, of Mir Zayn Zayn Shluchim Kumin Menachem Abel Zayn the Rav. The Rebbe had been misgeschickt. And, oh, the Rav, his face lit up and he broke into conversation with them about what he saw in his youth. When they left and I escorted them to the door, I come back and the Rav started talking about the Rebbe. <coughs> and this with my own ears. I heard the Rav say that uh, what a difference between me and the Rebbe. In Berlin, no one knew who I was, where I was coming from, where I was going. Everyone knew who the Rebbe was, where he was coming from, who he was. You saw there was Derek there. And uh, there was a love and understanding. And to teach Tanya, to give Shurm based upon Tanya, which the Rav did, and Likutei Torah and Avarimkite, today you got to go with the generation. I I, I I tell my students, they all know I have a private minion, Simchas Torah. My grandchildren organized it years ago. We, we'd start davening at 6. By 8.15, we're making Kiddush. To me, Simchas Torah. I go home and learn three daf Gemara. That's Simchas Torah. But I understand there's a new generation. And the most important thing is to succeed. If we create Shmirat Shabbat, Kashrat Hart, Mishpacha, and an understanding of what it means to be a Jew, let it be through Hasidus. The end result is what's important. And I have to bow my head to what we call, let me correct you, not Hasidstei, neo-Hasidus. <laughs> like Rav Hirsch, neo-Orthodoxy. Right, neo and Baruch Hashem, let it thrive. To be like me, you had to have seen Rav Henech Fishman. Well, I, what can I do? He's not alive anymore. People like Rav Henech Fishman are are almost unknown. I mean, you had exposure to these Shanghai Talmudim who today no one even heard of. Like, you know, we 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 learn in the in, in the mirror in Yerushalayim. We heard about as a collective the Alta Mirrors from Shanghai. Yeah. You knew some <coughs> of the lesser well knowns personally. Rav Shmuel Fagrishevitz, Rav Geshenakolavitz, Rav Henech Fishman, but there were many more. Uh, Rav Noach Bornstein was not in Shanghai. He was able to get to Canada. He was well known. So from Kalbei, he already got to Canada. But to know Rav Noach Bornstein, Rav Yeruchim Gerelik already, more well known. Uh, these were wonderful, great people. But Hatzalakot, the scars were there, what they went through. Uh, you see, and, and, and to a certain degree, uh, you take Rabbi Rufin Yerelik, one of his sons wrote an article he never taught in YU. It's, it's a monthly <laughs> publication. 
So that occasionally my father came in to give Musa that the boy should leave the yeshiva. It hurts me because there are tens of thousands of Talmudim still alive who studied what the Rebbe Yerucham. How can you say this? And you see, that's a fadobn kite. When, when, when you teach like that, you inculcate your students with a feeling that a, a white lie is okay. I don't know. I, I can't accept that. I'm a Talmud of Rabbi Yisrael Salanta. Person, you have to be honest with all the difficulty in honesty. But ultimately, truth and dedication went out. Rabbi Yerucham was a character par excellence. He could be, he, he was in, in YU at the time, there were two names, the Rav and Rabbi Yerucham Gerelik. Um, Chaim Poltak in his books writes why he left Yeshiva. The, the, the Rav and Rabbi Yerucham scared him to, to scared his wits out. Uh, he went to JTS, <laughs> which is a shame for us because Chaim Poltak could have talented was very, fellow. very yeah. capable. Rabbi Yerucham Gerelik was more famous in, in YU than Ramesha Shatskis or oh, David Lifshitz. He, he, he was volatile. Reb David was Reb David. The Tzuvalka, that's our idol of men's Reb David. The hands, the way he held your hands up, like Shashatskis, Lamsharov. But these guys didn't yell or shout. Reb Yeruchim was unbelievable. You know, the story with the girl. It's, it's legendary. It would repeat itself every, because he was always the D-train. The D-train was under his window. And whenever you had to go, you had to go to D-train. So in the Bronx, the, so the kids, Saturday night, they were going with a girl to Ben Akiva, the kid was on a date, everything, and he would, he would see the, the guy with the girl, and he wouldn't say a word, and the kid would be sweating. He'd come to school Sunday, and he'd tell everyone, fellas, I'm dead, the Rebbe saw me with this girl, he's going to cut my throat off. Rebbe Yuchim didn't see a word. Monday, the guy was shaking, Rebbe Yuchim didn't say a word. Tuesday already was in shape, didn't say a word. Wednesday, he forgot about it, didn't say a word. Thursday, five minutes left in the shir before Mincha, exactly at five minutes to three. Rabbi Yerucham suddenly would look at him, and every kid in the class knew what had happened. Shmuel, uh, so-and-so ugly, I never saw him my whole life. No? When when Yeruchim, but the guy walked out, he was slaughtered. They had thirty other guys in the class. Everyone's gossiping now. All Shabbos, anyone and everyone, all they're talking about is Rabbi Yeruchim Uh He was a, a ball of fire, a great inspiration. But you had to take him with a little bit salt and a little bit sugar. You had to uh, <laughs> you had to understand where he was coming from. We understand that in Europe, he also was a ball of fire. He was a public speaker. And uh, and after that, there would be big machloket uh, over the dean's reception. That's uh, that's the classic story uh, of the yeshiva in the 40s into the 50s was the juniors. And you came to the reception at the end of the years before you become a senior, you came with your girlfriend or your, your date. And uh, the, the Mendel Sachs was opposed, Rabbi Yerucham was opposed, but the Rub was in favor. The Rub said, let them meet the girls in the yeshiva, better they should bring to the yeshiva than the gas. they should meet in the street. So we, one time in the hallway, the Rub and Rabbi Yerucham were arguing over the dean's reception, and the Rub says to Rabbi Yerucham, be quiet, 
if you will, a nicht weil ich sagen was du hast getan in Radnu, what you did in Radnu. So we never could find out what Rabbi Yeruchim did in Radnu. The worst we could uncover, we know it's true, was that the movies came to Radnu. So he once walked the girl to the movies. She went in to see, and he picked her up two hours later and walked her back to our house. That, well, we don't know if that's anecdotal or true, but we were like, what did he do with Rabbi? What did the Rabbi Machashvai? All right, that, that, that was life. The Rub was Americanized. In other words, he was, you know, he understood the American kids, Ben uh, Akiva, girls, boys, Maimonides. It's, uh, it's a different deck of cards. The Rub, more than anyone, but he Americanized. He and the Lubavitcher Rebbe, they had deep insight in what's How the Rebbe achieved it, I don't know, because he sat in a winkel and uh, 770 uh, Eastern Parkway, back and forth from the shul to his house on President Street, and yet he knew America, knew the world inside out. The Rub was in Boston. Well, you can draw your own conclusions. The Rub used to say that when uh, I came to Boston, there were just three fellas over the age of Bar Mitzvah and under the age of 70 who were Shemesh Shabbos. And they all became my brothers-in-law. <laughs> Two married uh, his sisters and one married his wife's sister. Amazing. Uh, that's what the Rav used to say. That was a different exposure. That was that was America then, and that was really a different world. So maybe in summary, to wrap this amazing uh, session up, Maybe you can, in your opinion, tell us what you think is the greatest uh, challenge facing world Jewry today. No, the challenge is building the state of Israel. Uh, everything depends on the state and how religious, how terrific the state will be on the public scene. And here you uh, have a tragedy because democracy is very influential in the Western world. The Western world has no concept of what Torah is about. We are the antithesis of Western civilization. Western civilization stresses the dignity of the individual. Mark, we all raised on it. Here, now, do whatever you want. Just don't break someone else's windows. Judaism, unlike Christianity or unlike Islamic culture, we, as Jews, have a dual existence as individuals. Adam Korav We're part of the Jewish people. Am Yisrael, Bnei Yisrael, Kahal Yisrael. And that also requires commitment, surrender, devotion. The Europe, the great world beyond us doesn't understand that. You're an individual, be happy. As an individual, what counts most is here and now. The food I eat for breakfast, lunch, supper, etc. As a member of the Jewish world, B'nai Yisrael, the present is the least important. It's learning from the past, preparing the future. And this is the state of Israel today. Could you imagine a party that puts on its banner? I'm not talking about Lieberman. That's way out. I'm talking about blue and white. Hill Shabbos, secularism. Buses on Shabbos from Jews, Achavre Knesset, Haredi people, the women, 
Danny Trapper's son, Healy Trapper, uh, Stern, the general. And they don't understand that the public thoroughfare, we're not, no one is in favor of going into anyone's house and telling them to be kosher. You don't want to be kosher. Eat chazer on Yom freedom of choice. You want to be Mechalon Shabbos? Freedom of choice. But on the public sphere, if we're not a Jewish state, who are we? We have no right. We're, we're only here because we're B'nai Avram Yitzchak V'yakot, because we're the continuity of the Zionist dream, of the Messianic dream. And here, these people, have no, we have not succeeded in educating them. You take a look at guns, every generation before them. Anyone who survived from his family is living in Kiyat Yoel. Are you aware of that or not? Well, you don't listen to the news? You don't read the interviews? Wake up. His parents came to his, became Mizrachistim, and he had a from education till about 10th grade. And take a look. What would Yair Pid's wife is the great-granddaughter of Rav Amiel. Avigda Amiel, chief rabbi of Tel Aviv, who defeated the rough for the chief rabbi of Tel Aviv in 1935. That's his great granddaughter. I've caught many of her cousins. Kulam Shomrei told Started the Yishuv, the Yishivat Yishuv. Yeah. Who are we talking about? So this is the greatest challenge today. Now, the world, and this, I don't know, I can't explain it otherwise. It's Hashkacha Pratik, that hatred for the Jew. We're starting to rival Germany of the late 20s, early 30s already, all right? We're not at 33, 34. But God have mercy, what just happened in England on the metro? I spoke about it in class, where I differ with Meir Kahana, that we cannot teach hatred. Arabs got to give the benefit of the doubt. You have among them people who risk their lives to save Jews, like that lady. When they throw a stone at you, it's a different story. But we have to teach dignity and respect for every human being. Selim Elohim. But this anti-Semitism, what's happening in America, New York, Borough Park, Muncie, let alone Pittsburgh, can't be explained. London. And I think it's God is giving us a message. Go where you belong. And we need every Jew here to build a magnificent state and to help us create a state in consonance with the ideas, the devotion, the dedication, the ibigigebenkeit that has sustained us in through the state. When there's no Shmirat Mitzvah, when there's no Am Yisrael, Kahal Yisrael, the Jew does not survive. Every report, two report, we don't need it. It's living history. We're here, Baruch Hashem. I function as an individual and part of Kal Israel. And next time we'll talk about Russia, we can talk about uh, the Israeli army. And living examples of Joe DiMaggio fans who were able to successfully live up to the Ramban. We don't forget where we came from, but we're proud where we are at today and we where we are going. Bezrat Hashem. Thank you very much. That was uh, beautiful. Thank you, Rabbi Rakefet. Jewish History Soundbites, Yehuda Gabriel. can reach me at ygebss at gmail.com. And thank you for that wonderful interview with Rabbi Rakefet.